0: You will always be able to get in my ear about that. Do you know what I mean? I remember the time, Pat, when you did this. So we can help ourselves by walking in righteousness, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Remember what God has done for us. But actually walk it out. That's what righteousness is. That's what it looks like. It protects us. There's no guilt or condemnation. Our hearts are free. The third piece of armour that it speaks of are the shoes of peace. Just look down at verse 15. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now I always used to think that that referred to evangelism. And I think it sort of does. Um, You know, always be ready to go. Put on the good news shoes, you know, and off you go to tell people, be ready. I just made that expression up. I quite like it. The good news shoes. Just chuck them on, off you go for evangelism. But actually, my studies for this have shown me that primarily it's about taking your stand. It's about having shoes that allow you to take your stand. You know, we're back in the gladiator scene, the opening scene, in that marshy, boggy ground, when they're coming face to face with a horde and it's hand-to-hand combat. If If you're not going to get driven back, you need to be able to take your stand. You need to have shoes that will enable you to dig in. And the Roman shoes were, they sort of were, you know, open toe uh, and leather straps, which went up the ankle, um, you know, just giving a a firmer purchase. Uh, But they were also sort of cleated underneath, studded with nails, which allowed you to dig in. So when you were marching forward, if if someone came against you, you know, the big guy with the fur, you know, that dude, if he's trying to push you back, you just wedge in. He's not going anywhere if you've got your shield up because your feet are fitted with that piece. And when the enemy comes against you trying to tell you that you are not loved, that you are not accepted, that you are not a son or a daughter of God Most High, that that sin can never wiped away That your past can never be dealt with whatever the devil comes at you with when he comes you can take your stand because you're wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace you know that God has made things right between you and him through Jesus through the cross he's given you peace peace with God peace with the world so when the enemy tries to drive you back you can take your stand You can dig in, you can push back yourself. That's what the shoes of peace are. God has won us that peace. A peace that will allow us to, like Jesus, know peace in the storms of life. You know, when he's sleeping and they're nearly capsizing and Jesus is asleep. I mean, I would love to know that peace in situations like that. That is what's on offer. That is what's been won by Jesus. The fourth thing we see is the shield of faith. It says, take up the shield of faith. Now, the Roman soldiers, they had a couple of different, they had a r- little round shield, which was, I guess, good for hand-to-hand stuff. But they also had a big shield, which was four feet high, two and a half feet wide. And it was, it was made to cover all, because as you remember from those scenes, sort of, Gladiator or the Hobbit movie that's just about to come out, you know, they used to love, Braveheart even, you know, they love a bit of an arrow volley. You know, launching the arrows just to sow confusion, just to rain down. So, taking up the shield of faith is about holding up all that Jesus has done, that we are free, that we are bef- forgiven. It's about protecting ourselves from all the fiery darts that the enemy and his hordes are firing at us. Those accusations, reminding us of what, what we've done, those temptations, the trials that come along, you know, the disappointments in our walk, you know, in our lives, when things don't work out, when someone dies, when someone gets sick, a relationship ends, whatever it is. The fiery darts are coming at us all the time. Paul says, take up the shield of faith. The shield was made so thick that actually if a fiery dart landed in it, it would extinguish it. And that's what, that's the faith, that's the shield we have available to us in Christ because of the gospel, because of what he's done. It's a shield that can extinguish those fiery darts. We're called to hold it up. So the next time you're having, feeling an assault, feeling the enemy coming at you, just raise the shield of faith. Just tell him, you know, what God has done, that you're free, that you're cleansed, that you're forgiven, that you believe in him, that he has paid the price. Jesus has carried it all. Raise the shield of faith. The fifth thing, hurrying through, is the helmet of salvation. We're told to put on the helmet of salvation. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8 it says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the hope of salvation as a helmet. The helmet of salvation is to do with hope. I wonder tonight if any of you lack that sense of hope in your walk. That sense of hope in your relationship, your standing with Christ. God wants us to know that hope. He wants us to put on that salvation that protects our mind, that protects our thoughts, that has right thinking about our standing before God, that we have hope, that not only have we been saved, but we will one day be saved. I guess like that word at the beginning. You know, the Lord is returning and he will take us to be with him. We will one day be delivered for good. And when the devil comes at you, Assaulting, questioning, are you sure? Are you sure God loves you? Can he really accept you after you did that? Are you sure you are connected, have relationship? We can say, yes, I do. Jesus has paid the price. I don't need to be afraid. I have right standing with God. I have hope for the future. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet. Have assurance in your salvation. Have hope. And finally, the final piece of armor that Paul tells us to take up is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, this is the only item with which we are able to attack and push back. And it's the only item we need. You know, and the Roman soldier would have a short sword, it would be double edged, it would be razor sharp, and he would fight back with it, he would prod back with it. It's our weapon, it's the weapon Jesus used. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, and the devil came to him, and they had one-on-one combat. Each time the devil came to him with a temptation, turn these stones into bread, you know what Jesus did? He responded with the word. He responded, it is written. He didn't rely on himself. He didn't rely on some feeling. He didn't rely on conjuring up something else. He went to the Bible, the same Bible that you and I have, Three responses from the book of Deuteronomy. He went there and he said, no, Satan, it is written. And when the enemy would come again with something else, he would say, no, Satan, it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God. Him only shall you serve. Jesus used the word of God. We have the word of God. We're called to know the word of God, to know how to wield the word of God, to use the word of God, to fight back. Jesus responded with three quotes from Deuteronomy. I, I, I won't ask for a show of hands in, in the room tonight about how many of us have actually read the book of Deuteronomy. Maybe that could be our challenge this week. Read the book of Deuteronomy, get to know it, memorize it. It's our sword, it's our weapon. You know, John Bunyan wrote the classic Christian work, Pilgrim's Progress, and uh, near the end of a uh, uh, Christian in Pilgrim's Progress journey, he comes across Apollyon, who's a figure of the devil, and it describes this little fight scene that they have. And it says this, Then Apollyon, espying his opportunity, began to gather up close to Christian, and wrestling with him gave him a dreadful fall. And with that, Christian's sword flew out of his hand. Then, said Apollyon, I am sure of thee now, And with that he had almost pressed him to death, so that Christian began to despair of life. But as God would have it, while Apollyon was fetching his last blow, thereby to make a full end of this good man, Christian nimbly reached out his hand for his sword and caught it, saying, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, when I fall, I shall arise. Micah 7, verse 8. And with that gave him a deadly thrust, which made him give back as one that had received his mortal wound. Christian, perceiving that, made at him again, saying, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Romans 8, 37. And with that, Apollyon spread forth his dragon wings and sped him away. That Christian saw him no more. He used the sword of the Spirit. He sent the dragon packing. We have to be careful not to... um Called Dino a dragon in front of the children. He's a dinosaur. Do you remember that? It's a big difference. We have a sword, a dinosaur. Are you using your sword? Do you read the Bible? On your, you know, by yourself with others. Do you study it? Do you memorize it? Get into it, guys. It's all well and good reading books about the Bible, but there's no substitute for reading the Bible itself. It feeds us, but it also protects us. That's the armour of God. The interesting thing you note is that there's no armour for the back. You see, we're most vulnerable when we're running away. We're not called to run away. We're called to take our stand. And over it all, the final thing Paul says is, pray. We take our stand with God's armour. We take hold of God's armour. But we pray, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. (coughs) How long that we could become a church of prayer? That goes to God in prayer, that depends on God in prayer. If we're to take our stand as a generation, if we're to have an impact even just in this community let alone London, let alone the nation we are going to need to take our stand in prayer. I wonder if I could challenge us. You know, we meet as a church every Tuesday morning between 7 and 8 a.m. I know it's not possible, it's, sometimes, it's practically impossible for lots of people to make that, but if it is possible, if that suits your diaries, your schedules, why don't you join us this Tuesday between 7 and 8 a.m. Come together to pray. We've got the carol service coming up. A great chance for many in our community to come, many of our friends who don't know Jesus. We're going to need to pray for that. We're in a spiritual battle. Why don't you join us this Tuesday morning, if you can, to pray. Or if you can't, just pray where you are. If we're going to be the church we want to be, we are going to need to take our stand, to take hold of God's armour. Take, not make. To put it on and to pray. Would you like to stand? Tim's going to come and pray.
1: Of time, but um, just I think this is so important in this uh, spiritual battle that we all live in and are all engaged in. Just as we stand, let, let us stand firm. And it may be that uh, the Lord wants to just highlight a particular piece of the armor the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes. Of the gospel, the studded shoes, stand firm, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. And maybe that the Lord is just wanting to highlight one or other of those pieces of armour to equip you. Challenging you, inviting you to take it on. You know the battles, you know the context that you face, you know the tests and trials. And that's the sword of the Spirit. That's praying in the Spirit. Jesus.